Uh, welcome everybody to something more. I think we're like episode five-ish or something. I don't know for sure. Somewhere around there. I think oh, it's five, five. or six. Yep. But uh, mm -hmm. something more. We're just going to kind of talk about some realizations we've been having. Um, we have some source material prepared, but Hans kind of planned out a lot of this one, so I'm going to let him yeah, take it away. Yeah. Uh, so I guess for today, I was thinking of... I know last, the last few times, like, I wanted to kind of focus more on, like, one aspect instead of shotgunning things. So I thought we could talk about, um, some, like, Carl Jung, uh, psychology stuff, but then also, um, you know, Bhakti, uh, Vedanta, like, you know, Srila Prabhupada's sure. books and, and, and kind of draw some similarities between the work that we need to do on ourselves on like a psychological, physiological level, but also from a spiritual level. Mm. So um, I guess I will start first by reading a couple things, which then can kind of provide some context. So, uh, a definitive guide to the Jungian shadow work. How to get to know and integrate your dark side. Um, okay. It's always standing right behind us, just out of view. In any direct light, we cast a shadow. The shadow is a psychological term for everything we can't see in ourselves. I understood how important knowing my shadow was when I wrote a biography on a spiritual teacher. Most of us go to great lengths to protect our self-image from anything unflattering or unfamiliar. And so it's easier to observe another's shadow before acknowledging one's own shadow. Seeing the shadow of this teacher helped me to understand how someone can show gifts in one area of life while remaining unaware of poor behavior in other areas. Every human being is susceptible to this. I find working with my shadow a rewarding yet challenging process. Exploring your shadow can lead to greater authenticity, creativity, energy, and personal awakening. This introspective process is essentially, or is essential for reaching mature adulthood, which is rarer than most think. Let's inspect what the shadow is and how it comes into being. And then just a real brief, what is the shadow? The shadow is the dark side of our personality because it consists chiefly of primitive negative human emotions and impulses like rage, envy, greed, selfishness, desire, and striving for power. Mm. However, we cut ourselves off from many of our best qualities, too. I cover the positive shadow in a separate guide. Okay. All we deny in ourselves, whether we perceive, or whatever we perceive as inferior, evil, or unacceptable, becomes part of the shadow. Anything incompatible with our chosen conscious attitude about ourselves relegates to this dark side. The personal shadow is the disavowed, self. This shadow self represents the parts of us we no longer claim to be our own, including inherent positive qualities. These unexamined or disowned parts of our personality don't go anywhere. Although we deny them in an attempt to cast them out, we don't actually get rid of them. We repress them. They are part of our unconscious. Think of the unconscious as everything we are not conscious of. Um, yeah. We can't eliminate the shadow. It stays with us as our dark brother or sister, and trouble arise when we fail to see it, mm -hmm. for then to be sure it is standing right behind us. Every young child knows kindness, love, generosity, but he also exp expresses anger, selfishness, and greed. This is now how the shadow is born. Mm -hmm. These emotions are part of our shared humanity, but as we grow up, something happens. Traits associated with being good are accepted, while others associated with being bad are rejected. We all have basic human needs. These needs include, include physiological needs, safety and security needs, and needs for belonging. These needs are biological and instinctual. As children, when we express certain parts of ourselves, we received negative cues from our environment. Maybe we got angry and threw a tantrum. Our parents reprimanded the outbursts and sent us to our room. Or perhaps we acted boldly, playfully, spontaneously, or silly in our first grade classroom. Our teacher shamed us for our lack of decorum in front of the class and told us to sit down. Whatever it happened, whenever it happened, and it might have happened often, 
if coming from like an abusive background. Right. It threatened one of our basic needs. Would the disapproval of our parents threaten our safety? Would the disapproval of our teachers and classmates jeopardize our need to belong? We adjusted our behavior to gratify our needs and learn to adapt to the external world. All the unaccepted or discouraged parts of us in the first 20 years of our lives are bundled together, swept out of view, outside our conscious awareness. As Robert Blythe puts in a little book of the human shadow, the child puts all of these unwanted parts into an invisible, dra invisible bag and drags it behind him. This repression of unwanted parts creates what psychologist Carl Jung called the personal shadow. As Jung writes in Psychology and Alchemy, there is no light without shadow and no psychic wholeness without imperfection. The ancient Greeks understood the need to honor all the parts of the psyche. For them, these parts were worshipped as autonomous gods and goddesses. The Greeks knew a god or goddess you ignored became the one who turned against you and destroyed you. Any part we disown within turns against us. The personal shadow represents a collection of these disowned parts. So here's the problem. The shadow can operate on its own without our full awareness. It's as if our conscious self goes on autopilot while the unconscious assumes control. We do things we wouldn't voluntarily do and later regret it, if we catch it. Mm. We say things we wouldn't say. Our facial expressions express emotions we don't consciously feel. Remaining unconscious of the shadow hurts our relationships with our spouses, family, and friends, and it will impact our professional relationships as well as our leadership abilities. And then he mentions Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I will skip through that. Um, and then what happens when you repress your shadow? What, <clears throat> whatever qualities we deny in ourselves, we see in others. In psychology, this is called projection. We project onto others anything we bury within us. If, for example, you get irritated when someone is rude to you, it's a good bet you haven't owned your own rudeness. This doesn't mean the person isn't being rude to you. However, if rudeness wasn't in your shadow self, someone else's rudeness wouldn't bother you so much. Mm. This process doesn't happen consciously. We aren't aware of our projections. Our egos use this mechanism to defend itself, to defend how it perceives itself. Our false identities, and here we will talk a little bit later on about, you know, I, I really like what he's getting at yeah. because I feel it ties into our philosophy, like, you know, um, and this, our sense of false ego. <clears throat> These projections distort reality, creating a thick boundary between us or between how we view ourselves and how we behave in reality. Anyway, um, So that's like a little background on shadow work. Yeah. And so what I, I've been like doing a little bit of reading and researching on some of this stuff. Uh, and one, and, and, and also reading, you know, some of Srila Prabhupada's work. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting because this idea of like the shadow unconscious, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, our conditioning and how the modes of nature can you know condition us mm -hmm. so goodness passion ignorance and then also karma yeah. time these other things that in the bhagavad-gita they talk about so they that all creates our conditioning and here also he's talking about how these things happen the conditioning of your peers society your parents your environment mm -hmm. all create this unconscious conditioning so as human beings what separates us from animals and mankind is we have the ability to shift from unconscious conditioning to conscious conditioning yeah. and i had a passage that i wanted to read in regard to that very briefly Prabhupada says okay science of self-realization page 60. uh Hold on, I just need to find the exact little, I should have underlined it. Okay, the purpose of this Krishna consciousness movement is to awaken man's original consciousness. At the present moment, our consciousness is designated from our conditioning. 
Someone is thinking, I'm an Englishman. Another is thinking, I'm an American. Actually, we do not belong to any of these designations. We are all parts and parcels of God. That is our real identity. If everyone simply comes to that consciousness, all the problems of the world will be solved. Then we shall come to know that we are one, the same quality of spirit. The same quality of a spirit is within everyone, although it may be in a different dress. Um, Krishna consciousness is actually a purificatory process. Um, and as well, this, the, the concept of this shadow work, it's a lifelong thing of working on your unconscious. Um, and a word that is often used is, uh, in you know, these Vedic texts is anartha, which means that which is unwanted. Mm -hmm. So the bad things, they compare your heart to a garden and you have a creeper. Uh, weeds. You know, yeah, so you have a, a plant that you're really trying to grow and you have to water it every day. You have to pull the weeds out. The weeds are the anarthas or the unconscious conditioning, the envy, the greed, the anger. Yeah. You know, um, and so it's a gradual process. Its purpose is to make Krishna consciousness. Its purpose is to make people free from all designations. Excuse me. When our consciousness becomes purified of all designations, the activities we carry out with our purified <clears throat> senses make us perfect. Eventually, we reach the ideal perfection of human life. It is not necessary to become a great philosopher, scientist, or whatever. We need only chant the holy names of the Lord. Understand that his personality, his name, and his qualities are all absolute. And then there is one more... 148. Um, and this is in reference to the differentiation between mankind, you know, the human form of life and the animal form of life. Uh, page 148, Science of Self-Realization also. The material life means eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. And spiritual life means something more than this. This is also the difference between animal life and human life. In animal life, the common formula is eating, sleeping, mating, defending. A dog eats, a man also eats. A man sleeps and a dog also sleeps. A man has sex life and the dog also has sex life. The dog defends in his own <coughs> way and man also defends in his own way, maybe by atomic bombs. Mm -hmm. the, <laughs> these four principles are common to human beings and animals. An advancement of these four principles is not human civilization, but animal civilization. Human civilization means atato brahma jignasa. In the Vedanta Sutra, the first aphorism is atato brahma jignasa. Now is the time for inquiry about Brahman, or the higher truth. The absolute truth. The absolute truth. That is human life. As long as one is not spiritually inquisitive, he is an animal because he lives according to these four principles. That is all. He must be inquisitive to know what he is and why he is put into these miseries of birth, death, old age, and disease. Is there any remedy? These matters should be questioned. That is human life. That is spiritual life. Spiritual life means human life, and material life means animal life. Mm -hmm. That is all. Whoa. <laughs> um, Dang. So, we can talk a little bit about that and then I have a little bit more we can uh... alright I'm gonna pull something up here real quick um, so a couple of the notes I made I guess while you're doing that sure so I had made a couple notes here um, you know conditioning from the modes of nature karma uh, so conditioning you have your unconscious conditioning mm -hmm. which according to this young Jungian like Con, like psychological view on things it is our conditioning our survival mechanisms that are brought about due to our experiences uh -huh. um, and so in 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 our like baser animal instinct we have the you know there's like you often hear in reference to like PTSD, there's the fight or flight response. Um, and I was watching some videos and stuff on it. And really there was, it's, it's a little, there's a little bit more to that actually. There's, 
there's actually four responses. You know, the fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Um, and so these unconscious conditions that we end up creating for ourselves are based on these more base animal instincts. And so when, as a kid, you're put into some traumatic experience, yeah. you tend to resort to one of these four survival mechanisms, right? Fighting, running away. Um, and, and there's another dude, Dr. Gabor. Um, he's a doctor from up in uh, Canada. He's like a specialist with addiction and he works a lot with homeless people and, you know, long-term uh, drug abusers. And his research on the topic of like addiction and these conditioned traumatic responses are really interesting because, you know, it, it shows how like you know, addiction in, 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 that's like his thing that he really goes it's on flight, about is right. it's flight. You're yeah. trying to run away from your problems. You're and, and, and it's on this unconscious level that yeah. is so deeply rooted. Most people never get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, in, 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 I know in like my case, right. So like the fawning, you know, you know, you tend to like, okay, I, I will do something I maybe don't want to do just so I can have a better outcome of a situation you know, so there's this tendency to like, you know, inconvenience yourself in order to survive mm -hmm. or the fight response and your, you know, anger management, anger yeah. problems. Right. And then the freeze response is, you know, you're there, the tiger's in the woods oh, yeah. and you freeze, you stop. And that really kind of ties into like depression and things, you know, some of these other mental issues that are very deeply rooted in these different condition responses. Yeah. Um, and what I find so interesting and the similarities, I guess I'm trying to draw between this, you know, Carl Jung's idea of like the shadow work, you have to look at the parts of you that you normally are unconscious of, you know, so that requires conscious attention to your own self. You know, how do we do that? Well, you know, bhakti yoga and the Bhagavad Gita and these other scriptures, you know, they, they lay out a process that actually parallel and like, I guess not, they go very well with this idea of yeah. self-examination, yoga, meditation, um, uh, humility, and just the very concept of the fact that we are we ultimately are the being that is watching everything happen to us. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of that has to do with being the witness. The witness. Being the fact that we're sitting here. I a lot of that, it. both the conscious <laughs> thought and unconscious thought. Um, oh, yeah, look at that. The witness. Um, yeah. <laughs> the problem is, is like the false ego, for instance, because all of our conscious and unconscious thoughts for a lot of us, our conditioning yeah. is to believe that we are this body, believe we are this nationality, believe we are, you know, as good as it was in our bank account, whatever, whatever we identify ourselves with. We have this false ego that goes right down to a lot of what we can, people can consider their core without ever thinking twice about it. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest <clears throat> part of us to actually acknowledge is the false ego. Well, the, the difference is, is that we're not our mind. Because a lot of people, I think, think yeah, that That's where the deeper. Carl Jung's thing falls short, right. in my opinion. Is, yes, because he's talking about the shadow self and how it's and part it's of great, your, yeah. It's part of your mind. It's part of your false ego. It's part of your false ego. Yes. So if you are... Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you're trying to meditate or you're thinking, and let's say you're feeling some type of way that you wish you weren't feeling. So you're trying to think about something else, but you're still feeling that way anyway. And it's like this battle. So... You're not your conscious mind because your conscious mind is wanting something else, but your subconscious, your unconscious it's mind invading, is invading it. Yeah, it's invading. So that means you're not subconscious, but that means you're also not the conscious because both are invading one another. You're, you're witnessing the invasion. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're <laughs> witnessing what's going on in your mind. So then what are you? If you're not the yeah. mind and if you're not the body, what else is there? There the is observer. the paramatma, the, the observer, observer, the soul. Yeah. Um, so if you are the soul, then... 
I mean, it doesn't change what he's talking about because that, no, that, no, those things are yeah. still part of your false ego, and that is something we're dealing with in this life. It leads um, you up to the conclusion that I am something more than right. this. Bhakti yeah. yoga is about realizing how to get more and more in touch with our, the witness part of ourselves, the observer part of ourselves, yeah. where we can step back and say, I'm, I'm seeing that my body is, my mind is having this tendency. My mind is agitated. My mind is agitated. Yeah. My body is upset. Yeah. My body hurts. Yeah. Not I hurt. Not yeah. I am depressed. Not my, my mind is feeling this way. And acknowledging can, it, don't, don't, don't. Right, you can't ignore You can't it. just say, ah, I'm not my body, so it doesn't matter. Acknowledge it, but with the understanding. Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand that this is what I'm currently dealing with. It's like if your car breaks down because of a flat tire. Mm -hmm. You're not broken. Your car is broken. So as the driver of this vehicle, this body. You're inconvenienced. You may be inconvenienced. Yeah. You may not be able to do something you're trying to do, whatever. There may be problems that arise in this material, physical world that we're in. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change the fact that your eternal self is still separate from whatever inconveniences and whatever is going on in this world, in this yeah. life. Um, and I think that the difficulty comes in where it's hard for us to really know. Cause like if you try to meditate or try to, you know, go deeper, a lot of times what you're really doing is getting deeper into your mind. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can witness the, you know, shadow self or the different things that are going on and you can witness the other side of things. And then when you're witnessing, you can maybe choose more consciously. Mm -hmm. um, but that's still, that's still revolving around the idea of, which is useful. I'm not it saying is. we shouldn't do this, but yeah, it's no, revolving around sure. the idea of fixing this life. What happens when you die? Let's say that if you believe in reincarnation, if you don't believe in reincarnation, yeah. this may not matter to you. Um, but if you believe in reincarnation, or at least if there's a possibility that reincarnation could be real, then what happens in the next life if you don't remember this one? Even if you perfect dealing with your shadow self in this life, yep. you have to re-perfect it next time. Yep. You're going to have to get if in touch with the new shadow. Yeah. Yeah. New shadow, new, new conditioning. Yeah. Our, the bhakti yoga is not about, I love how they keep, I've heard this so many times now, it's not about getting someone to change religions or getting somebody to disbelieve something they believe or getting somebody to convert, as people use yeah. that word all the time. It's about remembering our constitutional position. It's yes. conditional versus constitutional. Mm. Our eternal self, remembering that. We're not trying to get you to like believe something that's not true or buy into some weird philosophy. We're trying to get you to remember who you are at your core and then you will know what's good for you. And that's where the spiritual teacher thing comes in. Because they talk about this in the sense of like, you, and it doesn't have to be like this, um, even necessarily official spiritual teacher or guru that you take initiation from where you say, please teach me everything, whatever. It, yeah. But it can't even just be in very good influences in your life. There are spiritual people that are giving you some direction and giving you some feedback when you're maybe being a nonsense or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be, where you're getting some of that because we are inundated by our shadow self. We are inundated by mm -hmm. our own crap and our own excuses and validations. And so in the moment, we may feel that we're deeper, we're connected in deeper. We may be connected in deeper to our false ego. We may not be connected in deeper to our inner self. And so that's the point of an outside person. An outside person, they may have their own struggles, yeah. but when they're looking at you, they can usually tell, especially if they're a spiritually minded person who mm -hmm. is trying. I mean, if you're going to some rant, you want to be careful who you take that kind of advice from. Oh, yeah, you don't need to take it from everyone. Uh, yeah. But you can have like, uh, you know, the, the people in your life that are sort of like teachers that you turn to on a daily basis versus the teacher that you go to for your like, whole life, like structure, like path. You have those people that kind of help you along, like, the, you know, miniature mm -hmm. teachers, however you want to think about it. Um, where they're just providing a little bit of support in daily sort of or weekly or whatever kind of like hey what about this and like giving you some directive um from their place of understanding what you're struggling with and seeing like well that sounds like about you're validating something that maybe isn't really part of your deeper self that's mm -hmm. your you're you're making it okay that you have this anger like you're justifying something as opposed to dealing with acknowledging it. It acknowledging and, and um, resolving it and so people like that push you along is very important because you can meditate all day long and you could just be meditating on your thoughts yeah. and that could just drive you more and more insane. And so not to say that you don't take time for yourself, but I think it's important that you have a few people in your life that you do trust with that. And they may change throughout time. Maybe for a while it's to certain people yeah. and then maybe you get to a certain point in your life where you're like, you know what? It doesn't have to be like a, I'm done with you, you guys suck. It's just like a, I, it's I need, yeah, like just... maybe you get to a point where you're like, you're at, need a different type of advice, a different type of nurturing doesn't necessarily mean you never see those people again it doesn't mean you cut people out per se but it may mean that you at least get your direct direction from a different friend or a different yeah. group of people 
or whatever. You get some direction, and then you can always, you know, address. You can always change. Like if, if you know, at or some you point can you help resolve. You can help evolve those relationships yeah. by seeing. You know what? I can recognize that people in my relationships are struggling through some of the same things yeah. I've struggled with. And so I'm here and, and I'm there to offer them, them help. help. And, yeah. and, and as they, as they indicate to you that they're ready to receive it, right. you give it. And so it's not that you have to cut those relationships out, no. but they change. Yeah. They, they do change sometimes they yeah. go back and forth. Like, I think you and I have a relationship like that where we are helping each other. Through, yeah. You know, through, and it, it goes back and forth. It just, it's refreshing. It's, and you want people that are like trying that. to go to that higher place. The main thing is, you know, you association is very, very association important. Association is super important. Sure. You, you have too much of a, um, Ryan and I were talking about, are we not all like that sand? Do you remember that little video? I don't think I watched that one. He almost drowned in quicksand and then almost drowned in the river. Oh, okay. And he okay. got yeah, back yeah. to the sand yeah. and in the morning, the sand, or in the noon time or whatever, the sand was super hot from the sun beating down on it. But in the evening, it was cooler. Okay. And he was saying, are we not all like that sand? Our environment, mm. what, this same sand is quicksand. It was trying to kill me over there. This same sand was burning me earlier today. Our environment affects Mm. are it, the conditioning you're talking yeah, about conditioning, conditioning. Like, that affects the way we feel the way we deal with people and so you know it doesn't need to be i think sometimes when people also it doesn't need to be like a hateful experience you may still really have a lot of love for somebody whatever because again mm. if you're thinking about the fact that we're all eternal souls and we're all dealing with all these problems you can still like really appreciate somebody else mm. and you may even try to be there for them but at the same time, if you often feel that like you are getting kind of like into the mud with them, pulled into the quicksand, you may need to protect yourself because yeah. like you tell me all the time, you can't help anybody if you yeah. aren't helping yourself. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you're in a place. Now, if you're in a place too, fantastic. But if you notice that, oh, you know what? I'm starting to deal with it. My false ego is starting to take over a little bit. My This is happening. Then you have to address what can I do? And it doesn't need to be a blaming way. It's still you. It's still your false ego. It's still all here. But you have to be aware of your environment and your, the people in it and how they're affecting you and mm -hmm. what maybe is needed and be willing to adjust a little as needed. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't need to be in a, you know, blamey kind of way. Yeah. Um, I, I like this thing. I was watching this video that you sent me and I wrote a bunch of stuff out about it. Um, it has sort of to do with what we're doing, what mm -hmm. we're talking about, but it kind of has to do with how we deal with distress and and pleasure and you know mm. we deal with it no matter what. Just, um, so what is this? Even, even the modern scientists call this yeah. the struggle of existence. Yeah. It's not a very peaceful situation. The same question was raised by Sanatan Goswami that there should be why should there be struggle for existence? Why not easy life, peaceful life? Why some outer elements there giving us opposition? I want to be happy, but there is opposition. That is struggle for existence. This question should be mm. there. Why? Even with a fly, we have to fight. I am sitting without doing any harm to the fly, but it attacks. It bothers me. There are so many. Even if you sit down without any offense, just like you are passing on the street, there is no offense. But from one house, all the dogs begin to bark. Why are you coming here? Why are you coming here? There is no offense. But because he is dog, his business is, why are you coming here? Why are you coming here? Similarly, we have freedom to go from one place to another at any present moment. There is immigration department. Why are you coming? In many places, we have been refused to enter. No, you cannot enter. You have to go back. So you must go back. So many disadvantages. <laughs> in this material world, you cannot live very peacefully. There are so many impediments. The Shastra says every step there is danger, not only from these lower animals, but from the human society or nature over which we have no control. Mm. So in this way, our life is not very happy in this material world, and we should be advanced in inquiring about it. Why are there so many impediments? That is human life. So how to inquire? How to become happy? What is the goal of life? We do not know. We do not know. So, by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, or by the mercy of the servants of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, one can be enlightened as to the, what is the goal of life? Why there is struggle for existence? Why there is death? I do not want to die. Why there is birth? I do not wish to enter the mother's womb and remain packed up for so many days. I do not want to become old man. But these things are all enforced upon me. Therefore, our business, our real business, how to solve these, is how to solve these questions not to arrange for economic development. Economic development, whatever we are destined, we shall get it. Either happiness or distress, we shall distress, we shall get it. Just like we don't try for distress, but it comes. It is enforced upon us. Similarly, the little happiness which you are destined to obtain, that will also come. Mm. Whatever happiness you are destined to get, it will come automatically. 
So and don't they, waste your time bothering about the so-called happiness and distress. Better to engage your valuable time to understand what is the goal of life. Why are there so many problems? Why do we have to struggle for existence? This is your business. This is Krishna consciousness movement that we are inducing people to understand the problem. It is not a sectarian or so-called religious movement. It is an educational cultural movement. Every man has to understand the goal of life. Every man has to understand why there is struggle for existence. If there is any remedy, if there is any process, we can live very peacefully without any disturbances. These are the things to be learned in human life, and one should approach the Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and surrender. Uh, the, if that sounded a little odd, it's because I literally typed out as I was listening to a video, so it was like the way he was speaking. Mm -hmm. So there were times where he kind of like changed mid sentence. Yeah. But I, mean, I had a realization super... real quick as you're reading that. I'm like, you know, towards the end there, you know, what is the real goal of life? And then he's talking about the, the dualities of happiness and distress and happiness. It's like a drowning man in the ocean. You're swimming, you're getting tired, you know, well, maybe these big waves will stop and then it will get calm and I'll be all right. And then I, but the real goal of that man in the ocean is to get the hell out of the water. Right, right. You can't just, you, you, oh, maybe the waves will stop. Oh, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe this over this next wave, a boat will be there and I'll get saved. Like, if you don't get out, you better, you, you're you better really start like, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, which way is north? Oh, there's some land over there. I'm going to have to go swim. In the right direction. I, like, you got to go in the right direction. And then you have to ride the waves. And the only way to not be stuck riding the waves is to get out of the ocean. Right. Well, let's take that tree that I thought I showed you before yeah. we started the video, where the, all the leaves are growing in one direction. I love that. Some of it's, it's on the side of the tree, awesome. but it's all arcing towards the sun. And then the other side of the tree, there's almost no branches. At the very bottom, there's one larger branch that branches out in a couple of things for balance that kind of arcs mm -hmm. across the ground to like make sure it doesn't fall over too easily. But the whole rest of the tree is like, all of its energy is focused on going to the sun, going to the light. And I was just thinking that that's literally an example of, you know, our, no, that what we're supposed to be doing is like, we have all these distractions, Netflix, all the stuff we could possibly yeah. do. And, you know, you can't fake it, really. So you just have to try to purify yourself little by little. But the tree is a very simple life because all it's doing is growing up and it's just yeah. got to get its nutrients. But you see how but simple the tree it is at the still end of the day. Has, it still has to grow a little bit into the shadow. The tree, actually, speaking of, you know, shadow it and light, has that one branch it has to acknowledge that the shadow is there to yeah. even know which direction to grow for the sun. to reach the light. Yeah. Because... The tree in fact, senses, in hey, sense, light's here, shadow's here. The light Whoa. creates the shadow. Exactly, it does. And you have to be aware that there will be some parts of yourself that as you get some more light, some more feeling yeah. of knowledge, there will be challenges. Yeah. Something will sneak up on you. Something else may get stronger while you're not paying attention to it. Yep. And you may have a problem. You may, whatever, get a little confused, you know, uh, trip and fall. You may make some mistakes. And then you have to be willing to like, okay, let me pull myself back up. Yeah. And that's why the being aware of it that Carl Jung was talking yep. about is so important being because aware. I think if you ignore it just because maybe you're feeling more illumined, more like you're finding some direction, you can easily fall victim to it using the what your your new spiritual path or whatever you want to call it, your enlightened path, you can use that and then it can end up entrapping you in more false ego because you can easily just apply it to your yes. conditioned life and not to your constitutional life. And so like remembering are getting in touch with our true selves is like our whole process and getting people who are going to help us catch ourselves is so important because yeah. if we actually connect with our eternal selves we will start to become more and more of that witness yeah but it is not easy. and then your actions this is how you become free from karma is when you understand you're the witness you are able to consciously Perform your actions, because mm. what I what I get the sense of when I read the Gita is that we should read the Gita again. By the way, yes, I think we should do You're, that. Yeah, like, like now that we're a little more, I think we just read the translations and mm -hmm. we'll occasionally read a purport, kind of like when I read it online. But yeah. I think that would be really good, even okay. if we read it individually. No, I, I agree. The Gita is just oh, God, it's, it's too. There's too much there. Yeah. Um. So. I'm sorry. I no, it's okay. I distracted you. No, 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 when you said Gita, I was like, we really need what to do that. What was I saying before that? Uh... You were talking about the... We were talking about the shadow self and how it gets stronger and sometimes the bhakti it can like trick you. And you were talking about how like in the Gita, Krishna... What is it? I don't, I don't know if you'd give me enough for me to really know where you were going with it, but I think... No, you're good. Uh, let me read this here okay, and it might come ahead. back to me. Um, in reference to... 
earlier I had used the example of the garden and you're trying to oh. nurture this creeper, yeah. right? And when you don't acknowledge the weeds, mm -hmm. you don't acknowledge, you know, um, they, you know, they can grow and they can suffocate the creeper. And then... Mm. Well, yeah, like you could go every day and water the creeper. Yes, so you but you're also like watering you're, you're the doing, weeds. Right, you're, you're doing the bhakti. You're doing, yep. you're doing some practice and you're watering and you're watering and you're watering. But if you're not pulling the weeds... Yes, you're also watering kill, them and kill, they're also right, going to grow. They will eventually kill And the then creeper. he refers to... Um, so... This is Srila Prabhupada. The creeper is a vine, by the way. I don't know if that's yeah. a word that we don't yeah. use anymore, <laughs> but the often. creeper is, is like a type of vine that I think has flowers, doesn't it? Typically, yeah, like like a that. like a kind of yeah vine. You know, those old houses vine. that you would, like that used to have like the vines with the flowers growing, like that old stone wall kind of. Yeah. Like, that's how I picture it when we talk about this. But so here he says, so therefore, anyone who blasphemes or insults the spiritual master, mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to just be your guru; mm -hmm. it can be any advanced person that you are taking. Yeah. instruction from sure the pure devotee is automatically becoming greatly oh sorry so therefore anyone who blasphemes or insults the spiritual master mm -hmm. or the pure devotee is automatically becoming greatly hindered or greatly hindered in his advancement in devotional service mm -hmm. in fact it is called a mad elephant offense to offend a pure devotee just as in a garden, there are so many nice flowers and plants growing, but if an elephant gets into the garden, if a mad elephant gets into the garden, then all the vines and flowers are torn, torn away from the roots. And so with devotional service, the creeper of devotional service can be completely destroyed by this offense to the pure devotee. Mm -hmm. This must be avoided. So, you know... What's your shadow self? You're giving your shadow self. You're 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 giving, you're giving into lower... it, and 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 you're giving into the dark side, and that's going to come in, and it's just going to wreak havoc. And next thing you know, you're Darth Vader trapped in a suit, breathing. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my God, what have I done? Hundred <laughs> percent. You better hope Luke Skywalker comes along and finds you. <laughs> oh my God. I love uh, seeing him at the end of. Oh, actually, I guess maybe just in case people haven't seen it, I won't say. But I loved seeing him recently. Were we? I just realized maybe some people haven't watched. Oh, oh. Um, you know, I didn't want to say anything, but it'll be fine. But yeah, yeah. good times. <laughs> Star Wars. Love Star Wars. I, I still, you know the what? Star Wars Actually, is very one episode we could we should do is there's maybe of, like we this. could talk about some spiritual realizations and things that we've had from Star Wars, and sure. I know that would be. Maybe some people might be like, Prabhu, you're... <laughs> but I actually found Star Again, I think Wars and Lord of the Rings. about where you're be... at is like, we still like Star Wars. We're not at this place we, where we, like, like Star we Wars, think nothing mundane what, is at all entertaining. But there what is I like some is that other people like Star it. Wars. There is some depth to it. And there is a good message you can over yep. it. And then and it's, it's a nice important. way to bring about important. naturally if you this know conversation about... of. Yeah. Because then you can connect in. Yeah. You can talk about the Star Wars and the dark side and light side. Yeah. And then they're, they're into it, so you can have that conversation. And yeah. then it can be like, oh, yeah. And then like I apply that in this way. And then actually it has some tr like it has some ties in with what I believe. It's like, oh, what is that? And then you yeah. come, like, yeah. it's very easy to have that conversation. Yep. Um, it really is. I, it's been... I've been... I, yeah, it's, 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 it's incredibly powerful how much this belief system that we were lucky enough to be born with in the sense of it, like, I find that it to be the most logical thing I've come across. The more I study, the more I'm like, wow, there's so much logic here. Just like, yeah. if you can't materially prove it, because some things like, like, again, like, no matter what you do, you can only prove certain things. Yeah. So if you can't materially prove it, there's enough logical reason to believe. Like, well, just like this and this and this works this way, this also, and you can it just, gives like, you it enough gives you reason. Enough this is why you should try it. Right. And you when go, you okay, try well, let me it, give it a shot. Yeah. Let me see. Now you're like, right. oh. Okay, okay, I yeah. see what they're saying. Like, and you can like, yeah, yeah. There's enough evidence there that you can be like, okay, well, the things that it's hard for me to gain evidence of, I'll at least think could be. Yeah, it's something that and wisdom Suspend of the sages, Raghunath Swami, Raghunath says yeah. all the time, and um, I think it's really good. He's like, you know, there are certain things you just say could be because if you claim that you can understand that, like, an eternal being, there's this person who's never like we were talking about before we started recording, something beyond time that exists always, and we also exist always, and like this is just like. Time is just, uh, you know, a concept that's for this material creation to help, like, give it some sort mm -hmm. of cyclical, like, seasonal existence. Um, 
Time is really like, like a wheel. If, Actually, that it is that whole thing that you described to me would be great. And if it you is do it, again. it is the very embodiment of cause and effect. Cause and effect. In order for cause and effect to happen, he there has there to be a wheel be a, or a, a, wheel. a, a circular yeah. thing, right. and that's really what makes propels things forward. Time and karma. You could think of it as uh, karma like, is the force of pushing mm. the wheel. Mm-hmm. And then time is the, the, the effect of the rotation of the wheel and karma continues pushing and time continues rolling. And yeah. they're both one and the same. Without karma, yeah. there is no time. And without time, there is no karma. And that's why in the spiritual world, when you leave the material world, you know, it says many places in the Bhagavad Gita that this other, this higher dimension, this higher state of consciousness that we can achieve. Yeah transcends the time and karma bind and that you know the they um they refer to it as samsara which is the cycle of birth death old yeah. age disease death birth death disease and we have age, some death. examples of this in it's life. all around when you us. go into well that is but i yeah. mean like even the sense that there's like a different reality if you go to work you have different rules you have to abide by yeah you know you can't do all the things you can do outside of work or if you're wearing like your work uniform maybe you're not allowed to do certain things you can't go out and party after your work because yeah. you're going to give them a bad name if you do something stupid. So you have to go change first. Yeah, yeah in the so military. There's, there's rules. Know, yeah. yeah, There's rules that you have to abide by, but they're not rules that exist everywhere. The rules Just that exist while you're for in this that role. situation in this yeah. role. And so for in this world. But it is very difficult. And like that was one of the things that like you can't really beyond a shadow without prove that because we have no concept of that. Because this is our existence. Life, death, birth. This is our current old age, disease. view we on existence. We can't, like yeah. unless you connect fully with this eternal self within you, you're not going to be able to understand that. Yeah. Um, but, and that's one of those things that you go, okay, well, let's just say could be and see what else is being taught underneath this idea. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, what is the point of life? It's just this randomized nonsense. We talked about it before, so I won't go into it. It starts to feel very pointless. And yes, you can maybe like, well, where did God come from? He's always existed. That seems like a cop out. But telling me that the universe was created from nothing also seems like a ridiculous story. It's better that something has always existed and we just can't comprehend it in my logical mind. Yes. There's something that I can't fully understand that I'm not, you know, you can say intelligent enough or whatever. Like I don't have the ability in my material mind to fully comprehend that rather than to say that something came from nothing or something created god at some point which is like i see the validity in wondering that because again we have birth and death and disease and old age like we have the cyclical thing that we're used to time karma like you described it as a wheel yeah and the spokes are running out to the end of the wheel and the wheel is turning but the center of the wheel never moves yeah, and that's you said Krishna. That's Krishna. Yeah, yeah, that was like amazing. You blew my mind with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've heard it from other people. It makes sense to me, though. Um, so what actually, on the you send your kid to Guru Kul. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom and dad. I appreciate it. Um, on my way here, I was listening to a little Prabhupada lecture, mm-hmm. and he made such just real quick. He made such an amazing like he posed this question. He's like. What machine mm. out there, what what mechanical or yeah. biological machine, show me one that can operate without an operator. Right. And but so he's like, like hey, some automated machines now. But, but here's but the thing, though. Someone but, who, still but someone that. still programmed yes. that. Someone still created the machine yes. that created the machine right. that created the pieces that created. There's always a creator. And someone gave and, birth to that person. And exactly. And he, and he poses this question. I'm not sure who he was talking to because it was just a little yeah. clip. But he asked, show me one example of a machine that has, that, no, creator. That has no creator and does not require an operator to right. either initiate it or continue it or to end it. Right. Or maintenance so, it or whatever. So if you, you and he's like, and, and, and he says, this is one of the evidences of, you know, a higher power. of a higher power is yeah. the hypothesis. If you look all around you and we know that nature is fractal, we yeah. see the same, you know, we touched on and this last week. You cyclical. see nature is cyclical. Everything about it is cyclical. Everything about it is transformative and destructive. And we have and it maintains and it, and it, and it seasons go around. Just like the, we're told the, the atom world has structure, the ages. Yeah, the, the structure of the atom, the structure mm. of the solar system. The solar systems create the galaxies. The galaxies create, gal- you know, yeah. super gal- galactic clusters. And like, yeah. But then you can go all the way down to the atomic level and even lower. And you find these same... Yeah. The same patterns that are occurring over and over in nature through it's a spectrum of, you yeah. know, so, you know, where is, you know, 
there must be, if you look around and you see all of these things are functioning, even the ecosystem, mm -hmm. the ecosystem functions as a machine, the rain system, the weather system, yeah. sucking water up from the ocean, going over here. It's yeah. still some, it's, it's a kind of, something new, so exactly. The they're can... all some type, some part of a cycle. A, and, and, and this is one of the ways that like, for example, the native Americans, the way that they tend to view, um, the, the creator. Yeah. And, and, and this is what I love about the Vedic scriptures. They don't condemn any other religion. They don't say you're wrong for believing nope. this. They understand that there's different ways of viewing God. You can view God as the oneness that, you know, the Buddhist and the impersonalist worship. Oh, yeah. we all merge and become one. Sure, yeah. that is an aspect of God. Well, like or you can have rays, a relationship with him. Exactly. You can see the sun and the sun's rays are part of the sun. Yeah. But there's also still the sun. Yeah. And there's the fire on the sun versus yes. some other, like there's all sorts of gases the on the sun. And then the core of the sun. And, the and, so, yeah. Yeah, and they, um, yeah, it, it just... Seriously, we have to, um, yeah, there, you, 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 <clears throat> if, if you can't, the, this, this idea of the hypothesis that if we see all around us that machines and these systems require some kind of yeah. intelligent operator yeah. to intelligent create and initiate, we must therefore assume why would the one p part of existence that does not require an operator be existence its very self yeah that doesn't make like sense. that doesn't make sense like for a logical to me logically yeah. it doesn't make sense um but you know to each their own and yeah no i think it makes yeah. sense and that's what i mean like there's gonna be things that you can be all day long you have to prove this and something i want to touch on we're running at the end of the time but something that kind of comes up sometimes is people go like the idea of the teacher can be very sort of like i don't know if i can the spiritual teacher is gonna like whatever whatever but I realize, like, we do that all the time. We find somebody on YouTube to tell us what kind of computer to buy. We find somebody on YouTube to talk, talk about, uh, you know, maybe mental health stuff. We get a therapist who's sort of a teacher in some way. We do all these things. We just don't think of it that way. And therefore, mm -hmm. we're more accustomed to it. But when someone says spiritual to you, whoa, 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 I don't know. Somebody's going to tell me. You do that all the time. Whether mm -hmm. it be in a personal way, an impersonal way, you're constantly learning. You're reading a book. Someone wrote that book. You're taking that person on mm -hmm. as a teacher now. At least enough to read the book and think, could this be? Now, maybe you, at the end of the book, decide, no, I don't think this is right, or, like, I disagree with the, this book entirely, fine, or I hated this book, but you're still, for the purpose of that book, seeing them as a teacher and seeing yeah. if you can take them as a teacher or what, what you can get from it. And so, like, w it's not a new idea. It's the way the world works, is you take a teacher. The question is, what kind of teacher are you taking? Are they qualified to be your teacher? And how does one qualify a teacher? And that's something maybe we can talk about next week, yep. because um, it's very important of someone who of can be like a teacher to you. A teacher. So what I, I was um, making a few notes. So I think next week we could, we could do something like gurus. Yeah, we need right? to talk about what gurus. are they? Why do we need them? Where does knowledge come from? Oh, yeah. Where does where does real knowledge come from? Sure. Um, and I'm uh, and then and then qualifications of a teacher who appears to be Quali great yeah. and then turns out they ruin your life. So you have to be careful about that. It is something that there makes. It's a, the fight or flight thing. There, there's some reason to kind of be a little fight and flighty with something like that because you don't want someone ruining your life. Yeah. At the very least, let you ruin your own life, you know? So, like, how do you be careful with who you select? And if you select someone in a couple of weeks and you're like, whoa, 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 how do you check? What are the checks and balances for that type of system so that you can get some assistance and get someone who can kind of mm. help you connect with your eternal self but not get lost in someone else's false ego, not get lost in some person's charismatic cult that has happened in the past. Because people can be really charismatic and seem great and nice and whatever, um, but it doesn't mean that it can help you live a great life. Mm -hmm. So sure. you have to be really careful with that. But that's a whole other topic, and yeah. we are running, like I think, around 45 yep. minutes or so. so let's... I think that's a good place to pick up next yeah, week. Yeah, that'd be great. Gurus, we can do a little reading on that topic, so then we're nice and... I feel 100%. like we were pretty prepared... We did, a, we did a cool think it was, day today. We'll see it how it comes. It felt very nice. But I think it's, talk we're getting this. more and more organized with something more. So I think we'll get more yeah. on point with it. We kind of jumped around a little bit, but it all sort of had to do with the shadow self. It does. And I know I kind of jumped shadow past self, it. Shadow self. Uh, I think it is important to remember that part of how to deal with it is to be the witness, which you had already written down yeah. in that graphic. And that doesn't anyway. mean, again, that... You're uh, ignoring it. Actually, you know what? One thing we should do... Yeah, this note-taking thing wanna... is good. I feel like we should try to do a summary of everything we talked about at the end 
Yeah. So we can kind of, uh, so that would be something we could work on. Um, You've got about six minutes if you want to do something like that. So, okay. So we talked about, in summary, we talked about the shadow self. Yep. Is your mic still going, just in case? Uh, yes. Sweet. So we talked about the shadow self. We also talked about... Um, Happiness, distress, how not to waste too much time. Yes. I kind of glance over that, which we can maybe continue talking about um, as well with the guru thing. Yeah, conditioning, uh, and then how, like... Constitutional what, versus where, con conditional. So. Yeah, where does our conditioning come from? And mm -hmm. we, we talked about um, these biological, you know, survival response mechanisms. Yeah. Um, and again, and like that passage I read... Prabhupada was saying, you know, he was differentiating between animal and man. And, yeah. you know, so the if, if we're operating from these base, unconscious, conditioned response mechanisms, yeah. we are operating on the animal platform. Yeah. But when we are able to rise above, we are now actually just starting to operate right. from a human platform. Yeah. And so we need to... You know, we need to utilize the tools provided to us, whether it's meditation or therapy, so, you know, whatever. They're all tools to help us address the shadow self, um, which, you know, so, so you have to at least acknowledge, yes, there are some demons <clears throat> here, there, yeah. you know, but it doesn't all have to be bad, yeah. um, as, as that one bit that I was reading referred to. However, the, the whole idea of, Young's idea on shadow work is reintegrating that part of you within with yourself. You Acknowledging have to, you it, have to be integrating to see. You can't it. Turn a blind eye exactly, to it. you have to see it, and then you give it less power, as opposed to ignoring it and letting it do. Oh, God knows yes. what. Well, you're not paying attention to and it. And so then the path of bhakti, where we are working on ourselves, we're working on our shadows, we're working on our conditioning, mm -hmm. um, and 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 this philosophy helps us. Yeah. to identify which weeds need to be pulled out of the garden, yeah. which, which aspects of our unconscious self need to be addressed yes. so that we can make spiritual progress. And that's where, the guru, and that's where the guru comes in. They can identify their highly And again, it doesn't have to be one person. We'll it doesn't have to this, be one person. The yeah. people you select as kind of spiritual yeah. guides. And, your life and they can coach, change. your whatever. They identify they the problems yeah. that you're struggling with and they provide support and advice. Yep. And at the same time... It's still you. It's you still, still have you. To do the They're things. not fixing it for you. No. They're letting you're providing the tools. Yep. And it's really ultimately up to us to take those tools and actually start using them. Yeah. So. All right. Um, we'll namaste. End it up for this. Yeah. Namaste. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Don't forget to share, like, subscribe, follow, yes. depending on where you're listening or watching us on. And uh, we'll be back with more something more <laughs> next something week. Mo. Thank you very much. More of something more. <laughs> All right.